0: This is Toastcaster, your communication leadership and learning lab, your host, Greg Gazin, speaker, blogger, author, and syndicated veteran columnist of Troy Media. Episode 160, The Toast, a short speech with a big impact, with our guest, Eddie Rice. We have a special guest today, and perfect, just perfect for this time of year, He's Eddie Rice. He's a professional speechwriter with over a decade of experience in helping business leaders, keynote speakers, TED Talk presenters, nonprofit organizations, and everyday people enhance the message they tell through great storytelling and structure. Some of the types of speeches he's produced keynotes, TED and TEDx talks, nonprofit advocacy speeches, and of course, ceremonial speeches like the toast. And in fact, Eddie is now also a published author with his book being published today, entitled Toast Short Speeches, Big Impact. Coming to us from Cleveland, Ohio, Eddie Rice, welcome to the program. Thank you, Greg. It is wonderful to be here. And thank you very much for honoring us by speaking to us on the release date of your book.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty pumped uh, to be doing a few podcasts today while doing a Reddit AMA at the same time, Um, just trying to do as much uh, publicity as possible to get the word out about the book.
0: Great idea. In fact, we'll be talking about your book, we'll be talking about Toast, we'll be getting into some of the nitty-gritty. Just to begin, I understand that you did a little bit of a 180 in your career path, and I'm just curious, how did you get into what you're doing and how did you discover your passion for speech writing, especially toasts? So it goes back to college where I took a lot
1: of classes on rhetoric and writing and philosophy and enjoyed doing activities like the mock trial team where you argue a case like real lawyers against people from other skills. And I had that kind of just good base of solid public speaking skills and foundation. But you're right, right after college, Um, I thought I was going to be a lawyer, but instead, I actually went the direction of being a teacher, where I taught eighth grade science for five years. I loved it. I loved every moment of it um, to an extent. But I realized, though, after five years, it wasn't the path that I was meant to go down. So I was trying to figure out what it is that I wanted to do in life. And I thought at that point, um, having been in Toastmasters and doing all the public speaking in college, that I could have taught other people how to be public speakers. Well, the problem was I had no way to get clients. I had no website. I had no way to get referrals. I had just no marketing and business savvy whatsoever, and I actually failed in that first endeavor. So what I did instead is I had to make a pivot, and I looked onto these websites like Elance and Odesk and Guru, the predecessors to Upwork, and people needed speeches. So I said, well, Why not, instead of teaching other people how to be public speakers, I can just give them the speech, provide more of a turnkey solution. So sure enough, I pitch myself onto these websites and get my first set of clients. And it was then that I finally taught myself, okay, how do I build a website? How do I do content marketing? How do I build an email list? How do I ask for referrals after a successful engagement? And from there, it just built up into the practice that it is today.
0: Incredible. And of course, today, the the pinnacle, releasing your book. Right. So it's interesting because you go from lawyer to science teacher to speech writing, and you think about toasts. There's a science behind it, but there's also a little bit of, of an art. And when we think about toasts, quite often, I'm sure for most people, the first thing that comes to mind is the wedding, right? Wedding season mm-hmm. is coming up, or perhaps maybe a retirement Someone's giving a toast to someone who's retiring. But there's also other occasions where you would have a toast.
1: Oh, sure. I think of birthdays and anniversaries, bat mitzvahs and bar mitzvahs. I think of promotion ceremonies or award speeches. Um, Those all fall into the toast category.
0: Ceremonial speeches, right? It's interesting. I guess you could say that they all fit into this one category, which often leads to raising a glass, right?
1: Yes, 100%. (laughs) I like that a lot and it also comes down to the goals too of the toast um where you want to honor the person and honor the event if you're doing that with a speech it's most likely a toast
0: oh excellent that's a good uh, it's a good rule of thumb of course i'm thinking when you go on youtube what you see is toasts quite often you think about okay well here's the best man gets up to give a toast to the groom or the toast to the bride and groom and things go terribly wrong. Sometimes they're telling horror stories and blah blah blah. Again, could you maybe just elaborate a little bit more on what the purpose of a toast is?
1: Sure, I think very often people get a toast confused with a roast. And I think that's the downfall of too many of those um YouTube fails that you see quite often where someone has, you know, too much <laughs> to drink, too little preparation, And they just kind of start letting loose thinking it's the beginning of their standup career. And that's just a recipe for disaster (laughs) at that point.
0: You want to bring it back. So obviously you've written many toasts and you've heard many toasts. When you listen to one and you hear one and you say to yourself, this was a great toast. What is it that makes for a great toast? I think a lot of the times it's the storytelling
1: that happens within the toast. If you can find great stories that honor the person that you're toasting, then you're going to have a really good speech put together. And what I mean is, you know, telling those favorite stories about the person. When were they there for you in your life? When did they help you out? When did they show courage or show a different value? When did they show their best selves? If you can find a story that tells those qualities of someone, that's when I know the toast is going to be really good.
0: That's interesting because it seems quite often the first thing that people will do is they try to go for that big laugh.
1: They do, and it almost always never works for whatever reason. It's that one-liner, that crude you know, joke they found on the internet or the joke we've all heard before. It almost always gets kind of like that polite laughter um, that you know people give just because they know it's a joke, but it really wasn't that funny. Um, but yeah, <laughs> going for a joke right off the bat is almost always a recipe for disaster unless you've, you're a polished stand-up comedian, then maybe you can do it pretty well. But for most people, I would say at least introduce yourself, tell us who you are, how you're related to the person that you're toasting, and then tell us one great story. And that's a much more effective way to start.
0: Yeah, I learned the hard way in my younger years. I would get up and I was always told, just tell a joke, warm up the audience. And I would tell something that would fall really, really flat. But one time I actually had a very good opportunity. I had a friend of mine who was getting married and our connection when we were growing up together was the love of music and the love of records. And so he was in Montreal. I was in Edmonton, Alberta in Western Canada. And I traveled to the wedding and I remember opening up with a huge apology. And I pulled out this record that I had picked up in a used record store and it had a big chunk taken out of it. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Yeah, that actually went over well. But more often than not, the humor falls flat. How about yourself? Have you had any embarrassing moments yourself, whether it be doing a toast or otherwise?
1: Yeah, so maybe not giving a toast. um, But when I was actually in Toastmasters, I still am now. But the first time I was in Toastmasters, I was competing in the humorous speech competition. So for the the listeners at home, Toastmasters has these competitions every year where you can enter them and compete against people from other clubs. So I entered the humorous speech contest. And the first contest that you do is the one with your local club that you meet with every single week. I did that competition and did incredibly well. My speech just killed. I had everyone laughing and it was just really well done. I thought I've got a future in this. Well, next night is the, I think, the area competition. And this was between multiple clubs at that time. So it was a much larger group of people, people I didn't know, complete strangers. I get up there on stage. I tell my first joke, it falls flat. I tell my second joke, and it's just tepid laughter. I just knew in my mind at that point that I was bombing completely. So I stumbled my way through the speech and then just sat down, Completely deflated and defeated. Luckily, my mentor, Mike, was there and he said, Look, Eddie, it's difficult, it's challenging, but it's 100% worth it. And I took that advice and said, You know what? I'm going to keep doing this public speaking thing. I'm not going to let this one bad event hold me back. And I kept on with Toastmasters and kept on with helping others to become better speakers.
0: That's awesome. As you're saying, as you're sharing the story, I'm thinking, I'm picturing Rocky Balboa.
1: (laughs) Yes. Sorry, Rocky (laughs) moments.
0: Well, that's in a different city. That was in Philadelphia, right? Yeah, that was.
1: That was. This was in Austin, Texas.
0: Anyways, the next bit here, I'm just going to cut out, but I just want to share with you that that happened to me.
1: Oh, I don't mind if you keep it in. I think it's really good. I mean, it's good that other people have had these types of experiences too. I know that I'm not alone, finally. (laughs)
0: I'm thinking back to my early days of Toastmasters. I was doing my second speech and it was a humorous speech contest. And I also had the fortunate opportunity of winning at the club level. I also won at the area level. And when it came to the division, which is a collection of areas, it was cold day. It was miserable day. We started early in the morning. People were not in a great mood. I was the first speaker and I got up, gave my speech, usually had my first laugh around 30 seconds in because I was always recording my speeches and listening to them back. And I'm sure I was in over a minute and all I heard were crickets. I heard nothing. And at that point I was so new to Toastmasters. I was so new to speaking. I just totally lost all my confidence, basically raced through the speech, left the stage, and then that was it. And the same thing, as you would mentioned, I had a mentor that took me outside and says, come for a smoke, Greg. And I said, well, I don't smoke. He said, well, come anyways. We went outside and she told me, you know, here's some really good points of your speech. Here's why you're having challenges compared to what you did at the club level. But just keep going. Just keep going.
1: That's solid advice. Just keep going. I like that.
0: So getting back to toasts, obviously you do a lot of speech writing. So you already mentioned, obviously you need to have some good writing. You also talked about before you mentioned about preparation. If someone is asking you to write a toast for them, how do you go about writing one? So we start with
1: a brainstorming survey. I have a set of questions, depending on the occasion, for the person to answer. And it's just some of the questions that I mentioned earlier, like, what are your favorite memories of this person? When have they truly been there for you? When have they made you laugh? When have they really shown who they are in in the best way possible? And I send those questions over. The person fills out the survey. And then the speaker sends it back to me. And we get on the phone, and we talk about the answers in depth to what the person has written. And that helps me hear their voice, hear their intonation, and also just drill down a lot of the answers. And as a result, I'm able to take what they said and take what they wrote and turn it into a toast based on a few structures that I like to use that help shape the uh, the story that they want to give and tell on the big day.
0: Well, that's interesting. So not only do you listen to the answers, you also listen to how they feed you back those answers. Because that was my next question is that how do you write it in such a way or create it in such a way that it doesn't sound like it was written by somebody else. Like someone might say, well, that doesn't sound like me. Right.
1: We also trade the draft back and forth up to three times. So the person can go in there and edit it and they can change words and phrases around and say, this is how I would say this part, or this is how I would do this part. So it's a lot more of a partnership rather than me just writing a speech and saying, here you go, go give it. It's very much a back and forth between the speaker and the writer.
0: Wow. I mean, I know obviously it depends on how long it takes for people to answer the survey, but how long, is there a typical time for this process to take?
1: If it's a toast, um, and we're talking like five to seven minutes long, no no longer than that, um, we can do two weeks to a month um, is what it would take overall to get things done.
0: Wow. That long, eh?
1: That long or that short, depending on on your timeline. I've done some in only a few days before, but rush jobs are never too great. Um, But I think an average of two weeks is what I can typically do if pressed for time.
0: So after all that's said and done, if someone is looking at the written form, how many words are we looking at roughly?
1: It depends. Uh, The way I calculate it out is the average human takes about 150 words per minute to speak. I will just do the math depending on how long it is they need to do a speech so if we're talking a three minute toast that's 450 words five minute toast is uh 750. uh so that's how i just give a good ballpark as long as i'm plus or minus like 100 words within the time limit i know that we're going to hit our mark almost on the dot
0: that's excellent as we're speaking, I'm also sort of browsing through your table of contents for your book, and it's, it's incredibly exhausted. There's so much there. So I'm thinking, let's maybe bridge a little bit into the book, and then we can also talk a little bit more in terms of how the book can help people and how the book can help people with their toast writing and other speech writing process. Thank you.
1: So you mentioned that I had an exhaustive table of contents, and that was actually on purpose. I was flailing around in writing the book. I had a junk draft created, but I wasn't going any further with it. And it wasn't until I took a step back and created an exhaustive table of contents and got feedback on that table of contents without showing anyone the other junk draft that I had that I then rewrote everything to that new table of contents, and that's what made the difference between going from just kind of a junk draft of the book to a nearly finished edition, to to an edition that I could get edited and looked at and reviewed by people that I wanted to actually see the book. Uh, so I suggest that to any writers out there, start with your table of contents and make sure that is solid first, and then write to that table of contents as if it were your outline for your book. And you'll have a much better solid product
0: in the end. That makes a lot of sense. Did you have any people say, hey, I got a table of contents. Where's the rest of the book?
1: (laughs) No, I mean, I set them up for it. I told them, hey, I'm only sending you the table of contents. I know this is weird and you're probably expecting a whole book, but I just want feedback on the table of contents. People were cool with that. They understood what I was doing once I explained it out to them.
0: That's sage advice for anybody, whether they're writing a toast or writing a book or whatever they're writing. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I'm curious that obviously you create toasts for a living, you write other types of speeches, Was there some kind of an epiphany that you had that said, hey, I'm going to write this book? Why did you write it and what's the purpose behind it?
1: It always felt like I had a book in me ever since I started to do speech writing um, as a career in a profession. And it just felt like I needed to get these ideas out into the world. I can't explain it any other way than that. But what had happened, though, with this book in particular, was I had been working on it for a little bit of time, and then COVID hit. And unfortunately, people were not having as many in-person ceremonies as they were having previous to COVID. Weddings were six people in attendance with no reception. Awards and retirement speeches and all of that just kind of went by the wayside during COVID. So I took that time and said, you know what, I'm going to work on this book. And once the pandemic lifts, once we go back to having in-person meetings and events and celebrations, um, it'll be ready by that time. Uh, So I just kind of took that moment and said, this is going to be my time to start working on it. And I just made the best use of time during the pandemic to make it happen. But as for the motivation, I think part of it was also that I wanted a tool that could help people, even if someone couldn't hire me. Um, so if you weren't able to have the time to hire me or the wanted to pay the price, instead, you would be a lot easier to simply have this book and do it yourself. And that would be me still serving you as a client. We just wouldn't be working together, together directly. Um, so that's another motivation for why I wanted to write this. It's just my process in a book um, that you can use immediately for any toast that you have to give.
0: I'm looking through it, and I'm seeing that even if someone did decide to hire you, actually going through the book itself while you're in the process of the back and forth, as you mentioned, would actually be very helpful.
1: Oh, very much. Um, If you were to work through this book and create a toast that you liked and needed some light editing with it, I would be in a very good position to help you out 100%. But if, if this book was right by your side while we were working together, it would be a very handy tool to have You'd understand the whole process. It would be laid out for you. And even the example speeches in the book could give you inspiration to say what styles you liked or didn't like when it comes to giving a toast.
0: Yeah, that's what I noticed, that the book seems to be broken up into two sections. Maybe you could just elaborate a bit on that.
1: Sure. The first section is where I lay out the process that I use with clients. So we walk through how to brainstorm a speech, how to outline a toast, how to structure it, How to write it, how to edit it, how to rehearse it. And that's a seven-day or seven-step plan that you can use for any speech that you have to give. That's the first half of the book. The second half are real example speeches that people have given in their lives, from wedding toasts to award ceremonies to retirements to commemoration events. um, You name it, um, the, the speech example is in there. And those are meant for you to figure out what you want to say as you look through examples of how others approached a similar topic. And you can also learn the structure that they used, um, along with some of the key lines and phrases and just how they put everything together. Um, I think those example speeches are going to help out a lot of people in also saying, look, it's not too hard to put together a few words for this event, and it should put your mind at ease given what other people have been able to accomplish in their toast too.
0: It seems like you have all the elements of an anatomy of many different types of speeches. You could use this for just about anything.
1: Oh, very much. It's definitely focused on short speeches and toasts, but you could definitely um, elaborate, take ideas that are in there and use them for any other speech that you have to give. The basics of speech writing and public speaking are the same. You want to have a main point. You want to tell stories. You want to have a good balance of emotion and logic And at the end of the day, it's all about your audience and what they need from you as a speaker.
0: What are a few key tips or a few key takeaways that you can share from the book? Obviously, you can't go through everything, but are there a few things that maybe you could pull out just to get people thinking if they're looking at getting into writing their first toast?
1: First, what you want to do is honor the person and honor the event. Second, you want to make sure that you're telling stories. Third, you want a... Well-structured speech, even if you're going to be speaking for three minutes, having it well-structured is still going to help you immensely. Fourth, take the time to really think about what you want to say and what you want to write. And then fifth, balance the amount of time you've written the speech with how much time you need to actually prepare and rehearse it. Too often, um, we let preparation and rehearsal fall by the wayside. And that's going to take an otherwise great speech and tank it. So instead, you want to make sure that you're budgeting time in five minutes throughout the day um, of little moments where you can practice your speech, whether that's in the car, in the shower, before you go to bed, lunchtime, just all of those little moments where if you take them and you practice your speech, you're going to be in a much better spot on the big day than trying to cram
0: it all in at the last minute. Is reading a speech okay? or reading your toast, I guess I should say?
1: It is if you have rehearsed it to the point where you don't need to read it. I guess there's, the, there's, two, there's two people I think of in this scenario. There's the person who wrote their speech the night before and is just reading it line for line without making any type of eye contact with the audience or doing anything to kind of amplify the sentences on the paper. I think that might not be the best way to go about it. What I would do instead is rehearse it so much that your notes are there just as backup. Rehearse it so much that you can give the speech as if you didn't have the notes in front of you and you're just using them in case you get lost a little bit. Um, So you want to internalize your speech rather than just read it word for word off the page.
0: And you want to get your timing down as well because I know that... I remember once being at a wedding where I know there were a number of people that were supposed to give speeches, and I think the first or second person who gave a toast, oh, M.G., just, it went on, that it seemed like a TED Talk. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, watch out for that. You want to stick to about five minutes for your toast, given how many people are speaking at a wedding. Keep it at five minutes, and no one's ever going to complain that a speech was too short. <laughs>
0: earlier on, you mentioned Toastmasters. I'm just curious, what what are some of the other ways that Toastmasters has helped you? And do you recommend people who are thinking of giving toasts to join Toastmasters?
1: Yeah, it's a really good organization to join because you get just such positive and affirming feedback from people in an environment where it's okay to fail. Rather than failing at your toast when you give it on the big day, you can fail tons of time at your club meetings in any speech that you give, and you can learn from those mistakes and just become a better speaker. I've seen people go from their first speech where they were just shaking, just nervous, as a person could be, to when they gave their 10th speech, they were these confident, developed speakers, and it was only a matter of weeks that it took for that transformation. So I think it's definitely, Toastmasters is definitely something to pursue If you are trying to get better at public speaking or if you're preparing for a specific event, it is definitely a a path to go down. I would recommend it to anyone.
0: That sounds good. And I understand that you had left Toastmasters, but now you came back.
1: I don't really remember the reason I left Toastmasters other than I moved from Austin to Cleveland and just never really took the habit up again. But it was just until actually a few weeks ago um, from when we were recording today that I said to myself, look, if I'm going to be out there helping people become better speakers and being a speechwriter myself, I should probably walk this walk and talk this talk of public speaking. So I said, I'm going to get back into the habit of going to Toastmasters. So I rejoined my club. They signed me up for a role right away and gave my icebreaker speech, which is the first speech you typically give in Toastmasters again. um, But I enjoyed it tremendously, and I'm just really happy to
0: be back. So it sounds like even though you're now a published author, you're an experienced speaker, an experienced speech writer, that you always believe that you can always be better at your craft. That's excellent.
1: 100%. Yeah, this is something that we can always, always strive to do better
0: at. It sounds like you've been on quite the incredible journey. And I'm curious, what is one thing during this whole process, your 180 spin on your career, your speech writing, and, and now the book, What's one thing that you've learned about yourself in the process?
1: I think it's something that's within all of us is that we have this power of reinvention in our lives, that there's no wrong turn in life that we take. There are just simply directions that have not worked out. And instead, reinvention is about taking what you've learned from previous endeavors and applying that into the next phase of your life. I had really no clue about how to self-publish a book and I had to teach myself all of the ins and the outs of the publishing world as much as I could to get this thing out in ebook form, in print form, making sure that I had the right cover images, even producing an audiobook as well. Um, so that's the next thing that's happening in the next few weeks. It should be released. Um, but I got a narrator for it and didn't even do it myself. I learned that you can't do everything on your own. You have to seek out a team of people. To help you achieve any goal. And my team was early readers of the book. They were editors of the book. They were people that allowed me to go on their podcast when I wasn't even, you know, anyone to know who I was. And um, just that team of people
0: was just tremendous. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's always good to have help and have mentors. You've certainly come a long way. You're continuing to do well. Obviously, your book is now out. That's absolutely fantastic. If someone is interested in picking up a copy of the book, or perhaps they maybe just need some help with their toast or other speech writing, how can they find the book and how can they find you?
1: You can find the book on Amazon.com. It's Toast Short Speeches, Big Impact by Eddie Rice. And then you can find me at Rice Speechwriting, R-I-C-E, just like the food, followed by the word speechwriting.com. It's my website, and you'll find a contact form there at the bottom, and I will be sure to help you out. And if for whatever reason I get too busy, I always have a group of writers that I can refer work out to, and a lot of them are just as good, if not better, than I am.
0: (laughs) That's fantastic. You're being very humble about it. I also noticed that you have some incredible resources on your website. I do. Um, There's
1: a wedding toast course that you can take, and then there's just a variety of blog posts uh, to read through. I just give out free tips on public speaking and do the same through my newsletter. So feel free to take advantage of those free items. I just love sharing my knowledge with other people.
0: Eddie Rice, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. I want to wish you all the best in your future endeavors and on today's release of your book.
1: Greg, it was wonderful to be here. I love talking with you and all the best.
0: It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Once again, this is Greg Gazin. We appreciate you tuning in. Now, I'm not sure how you joined us, whether you joined us through directly through toastcaster.com or iTunes, but either way, you can pick up the podcasts there. If you really enjoyed the podcast, we'd really appreciate if you took a moment to leave us some feedback on iTunes because it really helps with our ratings. Plus, also feel free to drop us a line. Tell us what types of things you're interested in, what your Toastmaster specialty is, or what kinds of things you like to speak about. And perhaps maybe we'll even have you on the show. This is Greg Gazin. Till the next time. This episode was sponsored by Corey Outsmarts the Butterflies. A new book by Greg Gazin, geared to ages 8 to 80. Whether you want to improve your speaking skills or build your confidence, this short read is suitable for all ages. It's available at OutsmartingTheButterflies.com.